0: Praise Thee, Lord, for Thy great plan, That we Thy dwelling place may be.
1: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is not narrow sectarianism, but the body of Christ. Through his messages in these life studies, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's eight 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 five four three, three seven eight eight. 543 3788 Now let's join today's program. The divine revelation in the scriptures is progressive, unfolding and developing book by book and chapter by chapter. The 66 books of the Bible were written over a period of 1,600 years. During this long period, God did not speak once for all at one specific time. Rather, he spoke to his people progressively, time after time, over a long period. So begins Witness Lee's life study of the book of Exodus. And it's with great anticipation that we begin this exploration of one of the great books of the Old Testament through the rich spiritual insights and interpretations of Witness Lee a remarkable servant of Jesus Christ who labored with Watchman Nee in China for two decades before eventually coming to America. In 1974, he began this 21-year exhaustive study and commentary on the entire Bible called the Life Study of the Bible. Living Stream Ministry is pleased to bring you these radio programs based on that monumental series. Ron Kangas has joined us as we open this life study of Exodus, and it's a delight and honor, even, to be together as we open this uh, journey through the book of Exodus.
2: Uh, it is a pleasure and a blessing in the Lord, in a spirit of fellowship, to be equally yoked together to present to the seeking believers listening marvelous truths portrayed in Exodus and expounded by one who had the real portion from God to open the word and to release today's burden from Mm. the Lord.
1: Ron, let's go back to how we opened. I was quoting that uh, opening from the written volumes of the Life Study of Exodus, and Witness Lee touches this matter quite deeply and significantly in this first message of Exodus on the progressive, unfolding, and developing nature of God's word. What does this imply? Of course, there are some... Uh, wrong assumptions that can be attached to this this understanding, but there's such a uh, a deep, profound benefit when we see the progressive nature in its proper context.
2: Uh, actually, this um, idea of a progressive revelation is not by any means new with us. That is quite common among believers who honor the Word and study the Word seriously to recognize that the divine revelation advances or progresses from beginning to end. So, in keeping with the principle that we stand on the shoulders of those that have gone before us, we also follow this line that there's a progressive unfolding of the divine revelation. But one important distinguishing element in our emphasis is not that we simply say in a general way, the revelation concerning this or that is progressing, but that there is a progressive unfolding of the basic revelation in the entire scripture. We know that God's eternal purpose transcends time, but originated in himself before he created the universe. So creation came forth, and then eventually the Bible was written, inspired by God, to convey a revelation of God's heart's desire. And briefly, what that is, is that God created humankind in his image as a vessel to receive him, contain him, and express him in a corporate way. Because man fell, there must be the crucial line of redemption. But redemption brings us back to the original line of God's eternal purpose. So, in this life study, when we speak of the progressive revelation, the gradual unfolding, we particularly mean the gradual unfolding of this central thought of God, of this heart's desire, this eternal will, this eternal purpose. That is surely advancing. So, by the time we come to the very end of Revelation— We have the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God as the wife of the redeeming God, obviously a corporate person. That's the consummation. You don't begin the Bible with the new Jerusalem and end with humankind created. It's the other way around. But our emphasis, I say again, because this bears repeating, is on the progressive unfolding of the divine revelation concerning the heart's desire and central thought of God.
1: In the Life Study, and we'll hear in this first section that historically and sequentially Exodus follows Genesis, and many scholars and interpreters have advanced the thought that exodus is a continuation in the way that the experience of god's people is unfolded but actually i think we'll see in this first section there's quite a change when we come to the book of exodus
0: i feel really good that the lord has brought us to the book of exodus we need a word as a kind of introduction the uh, divine revelation in the Bible, is altogether progressive. God didn't speak once for all. From Genesis to our Revelation, from the beginning to the end of the Bible, we know we have 66 books, and these books were written in a period of 1,600 years. God took that long period to speak to people progressively. God didn't speak once for all. So when we come to the Bible, we have to realize that with so many books, the Bible is going on progressively. So we should read and study and even search the Bible in a progressive way. In Colossians, Paul told us he was commissioned to complete the word of God. By that time, God's revelation in the scriptures was not completed yet. So there was the need that Paul had to be burdened, to speak continually in order to complete the word of God. You know, the book of Revelation is the completion of God's divine revelation. I tell you, from that time onward, from the end of the book of Revelation, the Bible declares no one can speak anymore. No one should deduct, should take away anything from the divine revelation. Neither anyone should add something. You see, after the book of Revelation, no more edition of God's progressive revelation. It began with Genesis, and it consummated with revelation. So today... We have to study the whole Bible book after book. Now we come to the second book.
1: Ron, I'd like to uh, linger on this point uh, that Witness Lee touched in this section. You know, as we enjoyed the pages of Genesis and, and seeing the experience of the believers portrayed and expressed through the lives of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was primarily on the individual aspect of the believer's experience, whereas in Exodus, we're sort of introduced in a a much more significant way to the corporate side, aren't we?
2: This is a, a striking feature of Exodus, and this is a major advancement in the divine revelation. Actually, if we go back to the early chapters of Genesis, we can see that although God created one man, in chapter 5, verse 1, he referred to the man and the woman together as Adam. The thought always was eventually to have a people becoming a nation expressing God. In order to reach this goal, the Lord had to work with individuals, especially Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But then Jacob becomes Israel, and Genesis ends with a relatively small number of Israelites. there in Egypt. But you have an indicator of a corporate entity. Then Exodus begins with his people being multiplied in Egypt, and the entire book is a corporate history of God's people that no one experienced an in Exodus individualistically. No one experienced the manna all by himself. Everything recorded in Exodus is corporate for God's goal to have a corporate expression. You know,
1: even to see redemption in this light is quite striking. I think typically we associate redemption with our own personal receiving of Christ as our Redeemer. But in Exodus, even this aspect is portrayed in the context of God's corporate people, isn't it?
2: It's very clear. You study chapter 12. The whole people are performing the same action. Every household uh, taking a lamb, sacrificing the lamb— The blood is supplied, the lamb is eaten, and everyone is in the house that is protected by the blood of the lamb, therefore escape God's judgment. So that is a picture of redemption, and according to the picture, from God's perspective, it is a corporate matter. Now, of course, in our personal life and history with the Lord, we can appreciate the application of redemption to individuals. But it could be somewhat of our culture or natural concept that we tend to focus on individuals. And this can be detrimental to our cooperating with the Lord to realize his view and his goal are to have corporate experience for a corporate expression.
1: Well, let's go back to Witness Lee. Uh, We're going to see how Exodus does continue Genesis in this aspect. Both books are books rich with pictures that depict significant spiritual advancements along the way in our progressive walk with the Lord.
0: Exodus continues Genesis. In writing, it is so. And in history, it is also so. You have Abraham, Isaac, Jacob going before Then you have the sons, the children of Jacob. So nearly all the Bible teachers do say what is revealed here is a continuation of Genesis. But experientially, what is portrayed in the second book is not something after the uh, experience of Abraham. Isaac, Jekyll. I just give you a kind of comparison. Genesis, you have a clear view of the three basic sections of the spiritual experience. But what is portrayed there is just on one side. It's just along one line. But the spiritual experience does have two sides. Now, the second book comes to the other side, on another line. In spiritual experience, it is that Genesis shoots us the front, you may say. and Exodus shoots us the back. In Genesis, where you can see a clear picture concerning redemption. Could you find out any chapter or any verse? in the story of Abraham concerning the redemption? Then you go to Isaac. No. Then you go to Jacob. Was there a picture of God's redemption? No. Then where they were redeemed? Where? I tell you, they were redeemed in Exodus. So in Exodus, you have another side with another line. And this side is not the calling side. This side is the redeeming side. When we get there, you will see the beautiful picture of redemption. Ah, The cross is portrayed there. Full picture, which you cannot find even in the New Testament. And then the blood. Even the New Testament there is not such a picture. A vivid picture showing us, you know, the blood. My, how strong, how powerful the blood of the Lamb of God is. In this book, you do have the Lord leading. And you have picture after picture portraying by what way the Lord took care of the daily need of His redeemed people. Uh, which you cannot see in the line recorded in Genesis. In Genesis, you don't have a clear vision, a clear revelation about God's dwelling place. The tabernacle, nothing is higher than this. The revelation of the pattern of God's dwelling place on this earth. Not only a revelation, but also there was a practical building up of such a dwelling place of God on this earth. Could you have anything solid like this? God appeared to his chosen people again and again and again, but God never had a solid, substantial building in a material among his people. This is not a small thing. You cannot see such a thing in Genesis. But here in Exodus, it is fully revealed and not only revealed, it's fully built and not only built, it is fully recorded. Not only so. Whatever there in Genesis is individual. And whatever here in Exodus is corporate. What was the Israel there was an individual person. In the whole book of Exodus, it is no more individual. It's altogether together corporate. The redemption is corporate. The leading is corporate. The revelation is corporate. The building up is corporate. Everything here is corporate. In our spiritual experiences, there are two sides, the individual side and the corporate side. But we must realize the corporate side is always higher greater and greater and better than the individual side.
1: Well, Ron, maybe we can compare and contrast a little bit uh, the pictures from Genesis with those that we see in Exodus. We certainly see Adam and Eve as a kind of picture portraying Christ and even the corporate aspect there with Eve that we uh, spent much time on when we were in the live study of Genesis. But it seems the pictures in Exodus get more vivid and much more detailed, don't they?
2: That is clearly the case, and it's so much the case that we may rightly say Exodus really is a picture book. It's a book of pictures. Even the detailed descriptions of the tent of meeting or the tabernacle and the furnishing, they all serve to portray a picture. And for the interpretation and correct understanding of the pictures, we need the clear verbal revelation in the New Testament. But there's one picture after another. The picture of how God had to deal with Pharaoh by sending plague upon plague. We already mentioned the Passover, the Exodus. What a description. And they marched out like an army formed by God. The parting of the Red Sea, which was in effect the corporate baptism, Manna was given in a corporate way. The rock was smitten so all the people could drink. From beginning to end, the emphasis is on corporate experience with a corporate history for a corporate expression. That is why, and this may be anticipating, we should not neglect how Exodus ends. The end says a lot Exodus doesn't stop with the crossing of the Red Sea or with manna. It doesn't even stop with the revelation given to Moses. It culminates with the tabernacle actually built up and the glory of the Lord filling it. Glory is the expression of God. And that tabernacle, of course, was a literal meeting place, but it was also a symbol of God's people as the reality of his dwelling place. So even tracing the pictures in our mind with the exercise of our spirit, we can get some impression of the direction of this book and what is God's thought and what does he want us to see. In particular, contrast chapters 1 and 40. In chapter 1, the Israelites were slaves under Pharaoh. Typifying Satan in Egypt. In chapter 40, they had been redeemed, supplied, and built up to become God's dwelling place. What a picture this is, and let's admit, as much as we love Genesis, what a marvelous advance.
1: Boy, I am looking forward with uh, a lot of anticipation to how these life study messages will unfold program by program, even as we've touched today, and we'll have one final section here. But this introductory message is really an overview from a a high perspective. thats the so-called 10,000-foot view, and we've touched a number of things. But the focus of this last section, I think, is very important as we begin this study, because Witness Lee is going to point us to what he calls the central thought of the book of Exodus, and that central thought should not be missed.
0: In Genesis, we all have seen a lot of pictures. But all the pictures in the book of Genesis were somewhat vague. And not that definite. But when you come to Exodus, you have page after page, page after page. This is really a picture book. Pharaoh pictures Satan. Egypt pictures a rich world. We have a lot of enjoyment there in Egypt. Yet that rich enjoyment huh, put us under the slavery of Satan. We were under kind of bondage. So Egypt is a picture. When you read the book of Exodus, don't forget that you are seeing a picture. Then the Passover, my goodness, was a wonderful picture. What a picture. And have you ever seen a picture of people under the blood? They had everything under the covering of the blood. Then, you know, Pharaoh <laughs> took a train of armies to pursue the uh, redeemed people. I tell you, there was a picture of Satan. Satan takes his host, his angelic host, the rebellion ones, to pursue you and me after we were redeemed. This is a picture 3,500 years ago. Your experience of redemption was televised there. Amen. Oh, Pharaoh and his army and all the chariots, they pursued after the children of Israel into the Red Sea. And then the Red Sea opened. And it became a dry land. And you and me <laughs> marched through. Triumphantly. Amen. This whole book is a book of picture When God came to call Moses, God gave him a vision, a bush that was burning, but not burnt out. What does that mean? God calls us, but he would never use our natural man. And then in the journey, you burnish, you have manna, you have the rock with the water, living water flowing. My, all these are pictures. Then you go on to uh, the tabernacle. Every beat, every part, it's all the pictures.
1: Well, Ron, the central thought sounds like something that's going to be maybe high and hard to get our head around and very lofty, but actually it was... Quite direct and quite simple, the central thought of Exodus really is just Christ, isn't it?
2: It is, and the central thought is conveyed in the pictures. So we have Christ revealed as the angel of Jehovah, the fire burning in the bush in chapter 3. Christ is not only the redeeming lamb, he's the entire Passover, Then the children of Israel are in the wilderness, Christ is their heavenly food, Christ is the rock that followed them, the rock that was smitten, whence flowed the living water. Then when it comes to the revelation of God's dwelling place and the furniture and everything related to it. You have Christ there signified by the ark and the bread on the table and so many items. You have the priesthood, the Aaronic priesthood typifying Christ. So the central thought is absolutely focused on the all-inclusive Christ provided to and applied by God's redeemed people so that with Christ, in Christ, by Christ, and through Christ, they may be built up into God's dwelling place for the corporate expression of Christ. So, simply stated, Exodus is a book of Christ, Christ experienced and enjoyed corporately by God's redeemed people for the fulfillment of God's eternal purpose.
1: Well, in the coming programs, we're going to pick up, I'm sure, all of these items that we've just touched upon briefly and get into them in much detail. But I do encourage our listeners that uh, with what we've just touched upon, uh, a real key to the fullest enjoyment of these programs and the richest benefit from them is item by item as we explore them, look for and find and experience the very Christ in those items. Ron, really happy you could be with us for this, uh, this inaugural program of Exodus. And uh, I'd also like to thank our listeners. And whether you're joining us by hearing us on your local radio station or listening online, we hope you'll stay with us for the live study of Exodus. We have, a, just like the children of Israel, quite a journey before us.
2: Look forward to the journey, not only for our supply, but for the joy it will bring to the heart of God. Yeah.
1: You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher and distributor of the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. If you'd like to contact us, just email radio at lsm.org or call us toll free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening.